0: You're really unleashing your kids, you're untethering them from this addictive technology so that they can really learn and hone the
1: ways that God wired and gifted them. When Molly DeFrank's kids greeted her at the door with not, hi mom, but can I play on your phone? She knew it was time for a change. She no longer wanted to play the gatekeeper to technology, like deciding whether to prepare for an argument or just give in and let her kids become digital zombies. That's when Molly decided it was time for a digital detox. Sounds kind of intense, right? But also kind of awesome. Molly joins us today to share her book, Digital Detox, the two-week tech reset for kids. She said, this is the book I wish I had when we started our detox. You guys, there is something for everyone in this episode, whether you're navigating screens with kids or just you yourself could use a detox, like I'm right there with you. Molly shares shocking research and data, as well as just practical ways to thrive during the detox and how to introduce it in your home. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Molly DeFrank.
2: Well, Molly, welcome to the conversation this morning.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Stan.
2: Yeah, so uh, before we get into your book, which I'm super excited about, Digital Detox, right? Great name for it. And uh, I love the kind of the subtitle, The Two-Week Tech Reset for Kids. And I wanna push it a little bit in further. We're gonna start out talking about kids, but I'm gonna bring in too like, surely it's good for us parents as well, right? It's an adult thing also. So before we get into that, a couple of uh, just interest stories and storylines in your life, one just super quick. So you were the uh, press aide, former governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, is that right?
0: Yes, I did, I worked (laughs) in his press office. It was a great experience, (laughs) very busy.
2: Did you ever hear him say, I'll be (laughs) Bach.
0: You know what? I don't think I heard him say that in the office, but he was great to work for. It was a lot of fun. Very fast paced. Really fun.
2: Awesome. Okay, so what I really want to know is I'd love to hear a little bit about your spiritual journey whenever we had someone on for the first time. we love to hear how they came to know Jesus.
0: Yeah. My parents, they always instilled a, a love and a reverence of God in my life. And when I was in high school, kind of um, went from that religion mode to really letting the gospel permeate my heart. I really understood my need for grace Mm -hmm. um, as a sinner who needs Jesus, needs Mm -hmm. that forgiveness. And God just transformed my life and um, made that really clear. So um, yeah, that was it. And I'm grateful to be following him and raise my kids up to know him.
2: Yeah. What was a significant time after you left your home? You go, man, God really used this season to deepen me, to make me fall more in love with him, make me own my faith in an even more full-bodied kind of a way.
0: The first thing that came to mind was early motherhood. Hmm. Uh, My first two kids were 15 months apart, and I had just quit (laughs) my full-time job. And I thought, and I always wanted to be a, a mom and dive into that fully, but quitting my job, which is working in a really cool place and that being kind of my identity to me. And then, you know, staying in my pajamas a lot and just feeling run ragged and giving all my effort all day long. And still there's piles of laundry and there's dishes in the sink and not really seeing any immediate fruit of my labor and no recognition. And, and God used that time just to show me my need for him and how where is my identity? You know where do I put that? So it was very clarifying for me knowing that the God of the universe, He is my identity as a daughter of Him. And um, it was it was really a blessing in retrospect, but very difficult at the time.
2: Let's talk about uh, digital detox. So first of all, is this your first book that you that you've written?
0: This is my first book. All yes. right.
2: So something got in you that needed to get out of you. So what was your motivation? What drove you?
0: You know like a lot of parents, we bought into the marketing when it came to this technology, tablets right. and apps and all these things for our kids. My oldest was born in 2009 and the iPad came out in 2011. Mm. And we saw this as, oh my gosh, we get some, a minute of peace and quiet and you hand it to the kid and look at that. They're getting cultivated. They're getting you know educated and they're going to be brilliant because of all this. And over time we saw, oh, I don't think these marketing promises are turning into reality. We're actually seeing really grumpy kids after screen time. Mm-hmm. Um, most of our parent-child conflicts were about screen time, a little bit more minutes they wanted, and we would set the ceiling, but it was, they would fall apart. And so we get these nudges over time. And I talk to parents about this a lot and they feel the same way. It's like, you keep getting this like ping in your heart, in your spirit, like something's off, but life is busy. And so we would just move along to the next thing until one day I was running errands and my kids were home with a babysitter. I came back and one of my kids greeted me at the door with not hi mom, but can I play on your phone? And that was it for me. Hmm. I was like, gosh, this is so sad. My sweet little love bug here is treating me like this gatekeeper to electronics. And so I called my husband at work and I said, we need to take a break. We need to do it. And so we told the kids at dinner that night until further notice, no electronics of any kind. <laughs> and it's as scary as it it was as scary as it sounds. And they all <laughs> sobbed. And I had that feeling in my heart, like, what have we done? You know what? I wanted to write the book that I wish that I had hmm. before we started our detox. What I found is that a lot of parents, most parents are struggling with this issue of screen time in the home. It's causing all of these conflicts. And in fact, the studies are showing this to be true. 85% of parents are concerned about the amount of time their kids Mm. spend on a device. Seven in 10 parents are afraid that their kids' devices are turning them into internet zombies. So this is a hugely pervasive problem, especially coming out of COVID, where screen time doubled for kids. 12-year-olds are spending eight hours a day on digital Mm -hmm. entertainment. That's like a full-time job worth of hours on a screen. So this is a huge problem for parents. And what I wanted to do after going through this and kind of stumbling through and then figuring out what worked and then coaching other parents through all these, um, you know, hiccups along the way, I found a way that works to reset, totally reset the way you do digital entertainment in the home. So I wanted to give this to other parents and we found it to be really successful and really
2: helpful. I can so relate to you, even as you were talking about earlier with your kids, you like bought into the, you know, hey, I- new thing, and this will be great for my kids, and I'm old, so yeah. You know, our, our kids grew up before all that stuff, but we had a foster daughter and for two, two three years, and one of the first things that I did, because I, I kind of like tech, was like, oh, I want to bless her and get her a cell phone, you know? So we got her a cell phone, a smartphone, right off the bat, oh my goodness, like that was the wrong thing to do, and it became such an obsession for her, like you said, and uh, man, to talk about taking something away, she yeah, it wasn't was not pretty to do that. So, yeah, if you if parents have found themselves where they've gone down that rabbit hole a little bit far, this resource I'm super excited about talking about it throughout the day. Molly, you got a uh, endorsement from Francis and Elisa Chan on your book, which is pretty impressive. Like a lot of people know them, have a good reputation, obviously great perspective, but uh, their endorsement, they say this parents unknowingly destroy their kids by being passive, like, ouch. Okay. So what does a passive parent in terms of technology look like?
0: Yeah. You know, I think that we're in this situation, this culture, this trend where we are entertaining our kids instead of parenting them. Hmm. And it's so easy to fall into that trap because everyone else is doing it. Hmm. And so a lot of times parents will think, well, gosh, I see these effects in my home. I'm getting this, you know, nudge in my spirit and my heart that something needs to change. But I look around and my kids' friends are doing the same thing and my friends are parenting the same way. So it must be fine. But the fact of the matter is the kids are not okay. Um, They don't have the development in their prefrontal cortex yet. That's not developed until 25 to delay gratification, to, you know, make those decisions and set those boundaries for themselves. And that's why parents need to step in and roll up our sleeves and kind of be that boundary for them. But like you were talking about earlier, you know, the trend was that it it was to give your kids more electronics sooner. And I think as a generation of parents, we bought into that marketing. But when you look back, you see, you know who the strictest parents are when it comes to digital entertainment? It's actually the Mm -hmm. people who create it. Steve Jobs didn't let his kids near an iPad. Mm -hmm. The co-creator of Snapchat gave his daughter like one hour a week of screen time. So all of these people know what we are learning, which is that more digital entertainment It actually is numbing out our kids. It's not helping to cultivate them. Mm. So kids actually, our youngest kids can't learn functional language through these apps that we think are cultivating them. They need back and forth conversation from their parents. Kids need what they have always needed, which is relationship with a loving caregiver. And we have been fooled. We have been duped. But also, I, I really want to encourage parents. There's no shame. There's no shame in trying out the technology that was available, that was marketed to us. That's okay. We don't have to wallow in that. So the tone of the book is just, if you're ready to make a change, great, welcome to the club. (laughs) And there's absolutely a path forward perfect parenting is not a thing. Mm. A conflict-free home is not a thing. But what we want to do is troubleshoot and try and find a way to put technology in its right place in our homes. So the first half of the book is about the detox, how to do it, what to do when the kids revolt. And the second half is how to create a long-term plan to sustain those results so that technology is working for you rather than feeling like
1: you and your kids are enslaved to it.
2: God is always at work among us.
1: United is not a word that describes our lives or our churches in 2022. Quite the opposite, actually. Most often, the word that best describes the current state of the church is divided. However, the Todd Becker Foundation, based in Kearney, Nebraska, has been uniquely positioned by God to help unify church bodies around one main purpose, reaching the lost in their community for Christ. This year, the Todd Becker Foundation traveled to Southern Valley High School and 10 churches came together to assist them in hosting their evening outreach event. Churches from every denomination from Pentecostal to Baptist to Bereans to Methodist cross denominational differences to plan for and pray over the outreach. Their display of unity, coupled with the gospel presentation from the Todd Becker Foundation, was a powerful witness to their community. And when the invitation to respond to the gospel was given, almost 100 community members responded. Psalm 133 verse 1 describes it well, how good it is when God's people live together in unity. God is on the move through the Todd Becker Foundation as they faithfully present the gospel to high school students across the Midwest and set the stage for unity, influencing students and community members for Christ.
2: God is doing something right now. MyBridge
1: Radio, celebrating God at work among us. Share your story and
2: join the conversation in the Connect Now section at mybridgeradio.net. So Molly, let's talk a little bit about the process that God, ultimately I think God gave you and as you walk through this with your family and you've shared through the book Digital Detox, you talk about kind of the first step is to uh, unplug cold turkey, which is what you did. Like, why cold turkey? Why not gradually? It sounds painful and explosive to me. <laughs> like So obviously you found that it works. So why cold turkey?
0: So the reasons are, I'm going to give you two of them. I'm going to give you first the reason why I decided at the time cold turkey needed to happen. And it was because we were already limiting screen time. We were already doing the one to two hours a day. We were already taking it away for bad behavior, adding it back for good. And it's it wasn't working. Hmm. It was still creating those terrible situations. So something different had to be done. We needed to try something new. That was my perspective at the time. Now in retrospect, and through doing tons of research for the Book, what I learned was there's science behind this. Our kids, you know, the brain is wired to release dopamine, that neurotransmitter, that feel good chemical when we do anything pleasurable. So you're, you eat a delicious bite of food, dopamine gets released. Mm. You hug your child, dopamine is released. Well, that's normal. That's how we were designed. But the problem is that our kids devices, our devices are engineered on purpose to release excessive amounts of dopamine in the brain. So our kids, if these devices are on the table during the day, the dopamine levels are cranked up so high that real life cannot compare with the type of dopamine release they get from their devices. So if you're trying to get your kids interested in reading or going and playing outside or these hobbies that happen in real life that require a little bit of trial and error and a little bit of effort, you don't even have a shot if the screen time is on the table, if they're overstimulated all the time, every day. And this is also why the detox we found works so quickly because you reset those levels, you bring those dopamine levels back down to normal real life. And now your kids have a shot to engage in a love of real life because- All parents know the problem right now for our kids, it's not lack of available options. I mean, our kids have more entertainment options (laughs) than they've ever had, Mm. (laughs) right? They have, you probably, if you're listening and you're a parent, you probably have bookshelves full of books and board games and puzzles and they are collecting dust so it's not that there's not options for our kids Mm. it's that there's not interest and when you go cold turkey you give your kids a chance to redevelop reawaken a love of real life
2: now you said that the reset happens fairly quickly that when you kind of go cold turkey so give us a little bit of a timeline like how much pain are we gonna have to go through as we begin to implement this with our families
0: yes So it varies by family, but what we found is for our family, it was almost overnight. It was like we had flipped a switch because the kids knew, do not ask, don't even ask for a screen until further notice your dad and I have decided this, there will be no digital entertainment. Okay. So don't bother asking. (laughs) <laughs> that will result in a consequence you don't like, perhaps a chore. <laughs> Um So as long as you can stick to that, your kids will go, oh, gosh, I, I better use what I have in my brain and in the house. And I better negotiate my own boredom and make it work. And they do. They figure it out. So that's that was true for our family. It's been true for a lot of families. There are other families that there's a couple of days of adjustment period where the kids are whining. I talk about this in the book. There's one mom who shared that it took several days for her daughter who was a lot of tears. She likened it to potty training, years ago when our kids <laughs> are toddlers and you know, it's kind of a mess the first couple of days, <laughs> right. but then suddenly something clicks Great and picture. they get it. And they're like, Oh, okay, I can, I can do this. I you know, I this. have what I need to figure this out.
2: That's so good talking about uh, just kind of the process that you outlined beautifully and powerfully in your book, digital detox first step was to unplug cold Turkey. And you talked about the, your kids being able to begin to negotiate their own Boredom in a sense, find ways that they can engage. But your next step is to notice your kids' interests, talents, and opportunities for growth. So I'm hearing from that one that we do get invested in helping them process through. So talk about that one a little bit.
0: You know, I tell, I talk to parents a lot about this because if you take away your kids' screen time and then just sit there or go do your own thing. Your detox is going to crash and burn. Hmm. The key to all of this is relationship with your kids. And to be clear, that doesn't mean helicopter parenting. That doesn't mean that you're sitting face-to-face with them all day long, every day. Um, in fact, what we found is there our kids are playing independently and for longer and more cooperatively with each other as siblings during our detox. But this is actually my favorite part is noticing your kids because our kids are all uniquely wired by God to be talented in certain areas. And parents who I've helped and myself included, um, I've never seen my kids more clearly, their giftings, their talents, um, as I did when we detox them. And to give you an example of that, my three oldest kids, when we did our detox, their favorite hobbies were each a different video game. And I didn't really think anything of that. I thought that's just how kids play nowadays. I played video games when I was little. It must be just like that. It's not just like that, but I didn't know that at the time, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know these games were engineered with those dopamine release points to be addictive. And once we cut it all out, cold Turkey, in the weeks and months following that. I saw my kids' interests and their wiring like never before. So um, one of my kids, I didn't realize how much he enjoyed cooking, my son. He would stick around in the kitchen. If the video games weren't beckoning him in the other room, he would sit and watch me cook. And he'd say, can I bake something? Absolutely, you can bake something. And and he's kind of honed that skill. You know, my other son really enjoys soccer, but he wouldn't just self-initiate to go outside and kick the soccer ball around if he had the choice to go play on a tablet. So it's, you're really unleashing your kids. You're untethering them from this addictive technology so that they can really learn and hone the ways that God wired and gifted them. And it it reminds me of that proverb to train a child up in the way he should go. And I learned that that actually means according to his bent, according to the way he was wired. And nowadays when our kids are numbing out so often and for such long periods of time on a device. We don't get to see the way they were wired as clearly, but when you take it all away and you amp up that relationship aspect with your kids, now it's like removing a filter. You get to know your kids like never before. And you're showing them, Hey, guess what? You are fully known. And fully loved your gifts, your talents, and your shortcomings and your flaws. I got them too. Let me help you. Let me equip you. You know, maybe you find that your kids can't wait. You know, they, they struggle with patience. Um, I saw that when we would play board games with my kids or memory or matching games. I would see, gosh, taking turns is a struggle for this one or, you know, celebrating someone else's victory is a struggle for as a struggle of mine. I'm real competitive <laughs> when it comes to board games. So I'm like, I know where that came from, <laughs> but you know, giving our kids, when we get to see so much more clearly, like, Oh, they need help with that. Cause, and this is going to help them on the playground and this is going to help them in the workplace, you know, in 10 or 15 years. So it's my job as a parent to cultivate those gifts. And that's why noticing your kids is my favorite. It's the second part of the detox, my favorite part.
2: A lot of us parents, I mean, I get it. I feel it. I've- in there. Digital screens are babysitter. They are hopeful because we can get other things done. So when we take those away, it does put some demands on parents to be parents. <laughs> like, like we re-engage with our kids. So there is this piece that we need to play on that. Encourage us as parents, kind of exhort us to make the investment for the sake of our kids.
0: Yeah, you're 100% right. And a lot of parents find themselves in this trap. It's like, well, you know, they need the screen time because I need to get my stuff done. And if I don't give it to, you know, it's like we're in a hostage situation here. And, but the problem is we're using, we're using the technology, this addictive technology to solve the problem that the technology is causing in the first place. Mm. And when we take that break, um, we're actually giving our kids this gift of developing the skills and the muscles that they need to negotiate their boredom to where do they go when they're bored? Where do they go when it's just them and their imagination and the stuff on the shelf? Like, what do they do? And the more the kids practice that, the more that they can do it. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I before our detox, I would go to a restaurant. And if we're waiting with two, three, four-year-olds, we felt like we'd have to hand over the phone an app. If someone told me that I could switch out the app with some books, I would have laughed. And you can't make that straight switch, not when you're out at a restaurant or an appointment, but when you give yourself this two-week window that I lay out in the book, Digital Detox, when you give them some practice with it at home, they can do it. And then you'll find yourself Weeks or months later, going, I cannot believe we completely changed the setup here. And you will find that your investment on the front end repays dividends in the long haul.
2: Listen for the difference, helping keep you connected to God and each other through life giving messages, stories, and songs shared all day long on MyBridge Radio. So Molly, another uh, part of your process that you talk about developing a list of screen-free fun together, right? So it'd be interesting just the random adult if we kind of grabbed them on the street and said, hey, what's some screen-free fun that your kids could have? Like we'd probably be challenged a little bit. So again, just to make that investment of going, like we've kind of leaned towards the screen. And as we lean away from the screen, we're gonna have to put some effort and some thought and some creativity into it. So I guess talk about that whole space of really developing that list of screen-free fun.
0: Yes. Um, so the reason for developing that list is twofold. And the first is that, well, parents fear, again, during their detox that they're going to have kids staring at them, bored out of their mind, screaming. So the list is getting in front of that. After Right after you tell your kids about the detox Um, chances are they won't be thrilled about it, but you're going to sit down with them and you're going to say, we're going to brainstorm a list of ideas of what we can do, okay? So you're going to make this long list. You can give them, I actually have templates for this on my website, MollyDeFrank.com, And I also have a list of a hundred ideas to get you started Mm, if you want to use that. So the first reason is that you're going to take that list when you're done with it and you're going to stick it on your fridge. So over the course of the next several days, if your kids complain of boredom, you've already gotten in front of that and you can say, oh, look at this handy list that we have. You can consult this list. You can think of something on your own, or if you're really bored, I have laundry that you can help with. I have sweeping. So if you complain (laughs) to boredom, I'll know you're asking for a chore (laughs) and that's, we found to be very effective, but also, and I think the more important reason to make that list is you're showing your kids that they have everything they need Mm. in their brain, in their imagination to use their mind and the abilities that God gave them to Think of what to do with these, with their bodies, with their gifts, with their hands, with their feet, how to enjoy the world and how to encourage wonder in our kids. Um, You might find like some families do that they don't consult the list at all because their kids have just been shown, okay, this isn't that complicated. I just need to think, go through the process of what are the toys that I have available to me? What do I want to do? And just kind of troubleshoot and sift. It's a skill that our kids are going to need for their lives. And we're just kind of equipping them for that.
2: A last one that you talk about in your process of a digital detox in your book is you talk about books, right? Kind of bringing books back uh, to the table with kids. And I mean, again, I remember when I was growing up, I used to love to read, right? That This whole digital world is kind of taking that away a lot from kids. So you talk about books and specifically about uh, actual books versus digital books even. So I would love to hear about that and and why a physical book versus a digital book.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, The benefits of our kids reading for pleasure. I, I mean, you can't even, we don't even have time to go through all the benefits, but to name a few delaying gratification. It helps your kids learn that, you know, they spend a little time up front pushing through. And by the end of the book, they've learned so much. They've been able to put themselves in another person's shoes. It promotes empathy. You may not have the budget for traveling across the globe as a as a family, but when you give your kids a book, a free book from the library even, now they can put themselves in another child's shoes. And one of our family favorites is A Long Walk to Water. It's the story about a child who, an 11-year-old kid who's walking eight hours a day to get clean water for their family and and just to allow our kids to kind of put themselves in another person's situation and think, wow, I, I have it pretty good. Um, and what would I do if I was in that situation? Would I have that kind of endurance and really admire character- Strength in another person and it, it's just a skill that helps them for life and i'm not talking about book report style i'm not talking about school reading i'm talking about reading for pleasure and before our detox i just assumed well some kids like to read some kids don't that's fine we're all wired differently but i found that is not true at all and you can actually develop a love of reading in any child and i know because i did it we have six <laughs> kids um, we've fostered a lot of other kids older kids um teens and i've actually found this to be most powerful with our teens We also had a teen foster daughter in our home and she, a relative had given her a smartphone. And and one day she was having a rough day. She had actually been slighted over social media. And for hours, I was trying to kind of talk with her and unpack that. I didn't know what had happened. And she just wanted to be headphones in, listening to music, scrolling. And after hours of trying that, I finally sat down with her. I'm like, listen, how is this working out for you? This way that you're trying to cope with whatever it is, it's burdening you. Like, how do you feel better than you did four hours ago? And she said, no. And I said, well, why don't you try taking it out, putting it down? Let's just talk, just tell me what's going on. And floodgates opened. She poured out her heart. And then she said, gosh, I I just feel so much better. And I said, okay, which made you feel better numbing out and scrolling or just telling me about what's on your heart. And she laughed because it was so obvious at this point. She said, well, I felt better to talk about it. I'm like, that's great. And I didn't do anything special. This isn't rock. I literally just sat there and listened. It wasn't a special skill I have. It was just that connection component. And this child, this teenager, we found that through reading, through books, a light went on inside of her heart and mind, putting herself in another child's shoes. And, and she would just get sucked into this book in the best way. Um, and her mood was better. Her mental health was better. So I would just encourage parents, and I talk about this in the book how to be a, a matchmaker for your kids when it comes to reading for pleasure. It's okay if you're not pushing your kids to the next reading level. You know, you can let the teacher do that. But um, sit with your kids. I, I thought, I tried like all the bestsellers for one of my kids. I'm like, well, this might this one must catch you. And no, not, he wasn't interested. wasn't interested. Well, I found those national geographic, he was nine, I think at the time, national geographic, nonfiction fact books. He can't get enough of them. Um, Guinness record books. He can't get enough graphic novels. So actually the action Bible, it's like this giant graphic novel. He's read it like two or three times. And it was just a matter of, it took a lot of trial and error but being that matchmaker for our kids to get them hooked. And I talk a lot about techniques in the book too, to how to do this for your own kids. Mm,
2: so good. Obviously uh, we can't get completely away from technology, nor should we, and, and we're not gonna posture our kids for success into the future if we don't help them to to navigate that. So we've detoxed it, we, you know, we have kind of grounded them in a healthy rhythm of life. Now in the back end, how do we begin to introduce, and what does it look like, I guess, overall i mean we lots of things in the book and super encouraging of people get this book but like give us a little overview of like what does it mean to kind of move beyond the detox into kind of reintegration in a healthy way
0: yes i'm so glad you brought this up because sometimes parents don't want to do the detox cuz they think that it means getting rid of all technology forever which is not the goal you're you're totally right we want to instill digital wisdom in our kids we want to help them flex those muscles so that they know how to navigate a digital world because that's the world we're living in. So that's why the front end of the book, the first half is the detox and all of it. All the practical guide to get through that. But the second half of the book is creating a long term plan to sustain your results. And the beauty is, this is totally customizable depending on how old your kids are, depending on how they're wired and their interests, um, depending on their school setup, whether that's homeschool or public school or private school. um, There's absolutely a way through that. And for our family, that looks like my kids get an hour, my oldest kids, so nine, 11, and 12 right now, they get one hour a week of video gaming and it's only on the weekend. So we don't do that interactive digital screen time during the week. And then sometimes throughout the week, we watch a family movie together or a show Um, But that's it, and I'll tell you, if we tried to transition from pre-detox one to two hours a day to one hour a week, it would have been nuts. It would not have worked. The kids would have been whining and crying the whole time. It would have been setting ourselves up for failure. But because we started with a detox, because we got those dopamine levels back down to normal, real life, then we were able to cultivate that those skills and interests. So those things that will displace the mindless consumption of digital entertainment. So you can do this parents. I just want to encourage you, if you're listening, um, you have what it takes and the book can be your guide to get through this. You can get your kids unglued from their devices. You can cultivate their natural giftings and wiring and God put you Um, In charge of shepherding your kids through this very time and place, so you don't have to despair about the digital world out there. Yes, things are more complicated. You know, when when I was a kid growing up in the eighties and nineties, we the only access we had to um, explicit content it was very difficult to get. You couldn't get that in the home. It's completely different than it was when we grew up. It was you know there was a rating system on the television, and if those channels were blocked out, you couldn't access it. Well, now we live in a world where if our kids have access to Wi-Fi, they have access to everything under the sun. And they just need us to work a little harder. Um, we don't have to despair. We just need to roll up our sleeves and we can do it. We have what it takes. God put you in charge of shepherding those kids and you can absolutely do it.
2: That's so good. Yeah, I've thought about that in my own journey and just looking at the reality of today. And same thing when I was growing up, like I remember I was a I was a lost kid. I didn't come to know Jesus till I was in college. And I just remember like I looked for explicit material and could not access it. And now it's the other way around. Like if you aren't diligent, as vigilant as I was, was in looking for it, if you're not that vigilant and diligent in staying away from it, you will, and your kids will get exposed.
0: You're right. And you know, there was something, I read a statistic that two thirds of all internet downloads are pornographic. And some of these sites have more visitors every month than Twitter, Amazon, and Pinterest combined. So this is the world our kids are growing up in, and we don't need to run for the hills. We don't need to move off the grid, but we do need to instill a sense of digital wisdom in our kids. We do need to step up to the challenge and we don't need to freak out. We don't need to lead with fear. We just need to kind of step in and help our kids develop those those muscles, that wisdom and knowledge to navigate the world they're living in.
2: I want to really thank you for a couple of things. First, we have an opportunity to talk to lots of authors on The Morning Conversation and you know, I, I can tell that uh, you really own the substance of this book. Like you've lived it out, you've breathed it, you've taken it in, you've flushed it out in real life, in your own life. It's a real thing for you, it's not just in your head. And that's a gift that you're giving to us. But then also you've done the work, like you've taken it beyond even just your own experience. And you've put a lot of time and effort into really research and getting this thing really grounded even beyond your own personal experience. And boy, just super excited about the resource. Awesome. Well, thank you, sis. It's so good. Very excited.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. I hope it helps a lot
1: of parents. So I appreciate it. Uh, A little convicting? I know, me too. Do you ever wonder if screens are going to be like the new tanning beds? No, just me? Like 50 years from now, will we look back and say like, wow, how did we not know the harm this was causing? It really does feel like we're starting to wake up to it more and, and more research is helping support the need for change and boundaries. I love how Molly starts out just reminding us that this is new to this generation of parenting and that marketing is tricky. It sounds so helpful and that's not a total lie. It reminds me of 1 Corinthians 6, 12. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. Like we've said before, technology isn't bad at all. It's actually really wonderful. It's just navigating how to not become mastered by it, right? Just know we're walking this right alongside you, navigating it and trying to do the best we can to clarify the role we want tech to play in our homes. And how to not let it steal the moments and days and years meant for connecting with and training and forming our kids' hearts and worldviews. We're so thankful for this conversation with Molly and just the work she's done to make it a little easier for us to implement. We've linked to her 100 digital free ideas and to her website in the show notes if you're ready to get started on your own digital detox. But before you detox, we would love to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at MyBridgeRadio. And as always, to hear more from MyBridge, tune in to your local MyBridge radio station, listen online with our app, at home through your smart speaker, or on MyBridgeRadio.net.